Okay, welcome to episode 98 of An American Werewolf in New Jersey. I am the American Werewolf. I don't know if Daybreakers is among my top five or even my top ten favorite vampire movies, but that doesn't mean it isn't really fucking good. It's actually quite an original storyline because it starts at the opposite end of a very old cliche, an apocalypse. The fact that it stars Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, and Sam fucking Neal really doesn't hurt his chances either. Come to think of it, maybe it is in my top ten. Where is that fucking list again? The reason I said this movie starts at the opposite end of an apocalypse is because it does. We're ten years into a vampire takeover of the world. Unlike some sort of Walking Dead George Romero setup, though, the vampires here maintain their cognitive functioning and have left the structures of society largely intact. Businesses still run, there are cars and public transportation, a functioning government, and even science. Coming back to the point, though, science is especially important because here's the onion. In ten years, the vampires have decimated the human population to the point that only 5% of humanity has been left alive. Most are on the run trying to stay alive, and the others are hunted, captured, and farmed for their blood and facilities that sort of resemble the machine city from The Matrix. The movie opens up where scientists realize there's only a 30-day supply of blood left to sustain the global vampire population. In other words, one apocalypse has unintentionally begun another. Society under these conditions has begun to fall apart. Vampires who endure prolonged periods without blood revert to monstrous, deformed creatures called subsiders that attack stable vamps. Riots have begun in major metropolitan cities because of blood rationing. Even vampire kids are digging up graves to try to drink blood from the dead. And by that, I mean the really dead. That brings us to Ed Dalton, played by Ethan Hawke. Ed is a vampire hematologist who's searching for a blood substitute to keep vampire society intact. The trouble is he's not having any luck, and he doesn't even drink human blood himself. Ten years into this, he's still clinging to his humanity and empathy. He realizes that there's nothing he can do about the state of the world, so he does what he can to keep the status quo in place, but he certainly doesn't revel in it. Then there's Frankie Dalton, Ed's brother. Seems that Frankie turned Ed against his will. He works for the security services that hunt the humans for their blood. It's an interesting dynamic between the two brothers. Frankie absolutely embraces this new status as a cop because he wasn't very content in his human life. He constantly badgers Ed about his refusal to drink human blood, and you get the distinct impression that all the pressure to fully comply is to let himself off the hook for essentially killing his own brother and condemning him to a relative eternity as a monster. That's a lot to fucking live down. That brings us to Sam Neill, who plays Charles Bromley. Bromley runs the largest blood farm in the world, making him a very rich and powerful man. In his human life, he was dying of cancer, so he sees vampirism as the miracle he was praying for. His corporation runs the blood substitute trials, but he's only interested in success as it applies to repopulating the human race so he can feed off it all over again, creating an endless cycle of blood drinking from a source he'll make sure never dies. Things start to get interesting when Ed meets Elvis, played by Willem Dafoe. Elvis has accidentally discovered a cure for vampirism, a way to revert the undead back to the human race. How does he know this? Because he used to be a vampire himself, and without understanding how he did it, he managed to cure himself. He reaches out to Ed to offer a better alternative to the blood substitute. Why drink a substitute 
when you don't have to drink blood at all. You see how this is a completely different type of apocalyptic storyline? Whether it's zombies, vampires, or nuclear war, the end of the world is usually just a place of death, or soon to be. The few survivors there are eke out a living on scraps as they crawl, kicking and biting toward the inevitable. Here we have an end of the world scenario presented on an inverted platform. The old structures of society remain in place. It's humanity itself that has either evolved or devolved. In this case, the unintended consequences of one catastrophe bring us to a second Armageddon. The characters also have cemented and somewhat logical ideas for their position on things. Not wanting to drink human blood is relatable and doesn't come with the whiny effect of an interview with the vampire. It's touched on once, and then the story moves on. The backstory is not the movie. Seeing eternal life as a segue to living a rich and powerful life might be an acceptable alternative to dying of cancer, even if it means doing it as a vampire, especially if you're the undead in charge. Anyway, this leads to Elvis and Ed working together in an attempt to recreate the process that brought him back to life. They're assisted by a small band of human resistance who are trying to survive being hunted while finding others like themselves. This is a grim and rather humorless movie, but it's not relentlessly dark like some other movies I've seen. I like those types of movies. I'm just saying this wasn't one of those. The action and the horror is well-balanced, and you have characters you'll find interesting and give a shit about. All too often nowadays, that doesn't happen. I won't give away all of the storyline or the ending, because like a lot of movies that are covered on this show, this one isn't talked about nearly enough. I want to give people a chance to see it as a first-timer, even though it's more than 10 years old. Suffice it to say that when the ending comes, it's an interesting contrast in terms of who gets redeemed, and who insists on doubling down as an evil piece of shit.